Hi there, I'm Leah Vong, and you're here with me on the Go With Your Gut podcast. Thanks so much for being here and joining me today. Um, we're going to dive into a topic that's really near and dear to my heart uh, because it had such a massive impact on my life and on my healing journey, and it still does. It's a skill I use every day, and especially use it when I'm in when I'm feeling confused or indecisive. Um, So today I'm going to talk about the importance of learning to trust yourself and your gut instincts and the necessity to learn this valuable skill as you're healing from digestive or really any health challenge. Uh, It's such an important tool and um, has really brought a lot of clarity and helped me live in alignment with my truth and know what my body needs to heal. So today I'm going to cover um, what happens when you really go with your gut and trust your instincts and also how to know when you feel a yes or a no in your body. I'm going to give you a little exercise that you can do, something tangible to take with you and practice um, to know and learn and become familiar with what a yes feels like in your body and what a no feels like in your body. So um, yeah, let's dive in. Um, First of all, I just want to say it's so important to learn to feel and listen to and trust your body and what your body is telling you. We are getting messages from our body all the time and um, becoming aware of what you need to heal and stay in alignment with that truth and what your body is offering is so important important for any healing journey. It allows you to honor your body, honor what you want, honor what you need, and really is a guiding source on your healing journey. Um, I also want to say this is a practice. You know, I'm still practicing. I think everyone who does this is still practicing. So um, the more you practice, the better you get at it, the more familiar you become with listening to your body and what it feels like to get different responses or different messages from your body and as you tune in and cultivate that awareness um, you're just going to get better and better at it so just to say it's not going to happen straight away or overnight but just starting to listen and pick up on little hints and clues and really trusting what your gut's telling you and trusting Um, that initial reaction and then you can bring that into a decision process you know then let you if your logical brain comes in and says okay now I have that information what do I do with that Um, you can go from there so before I jump in too much to to that I want to tell you a little bit about what this has been like for me um I've always had a really strong sense of my intuition. I knew from a young age what I was drawn to and what I really needed. Um, Some things were louder and more obvious. Of course, there were a lot of things I didn't tune into, but I just remember feeling really strongly when I was drawn to something and also... um, Yeah, I, I remember feeling it in my body as a younger person. So my challenge was not so much the awareness of what was happening but I it took me forever and I'm still working on this learning to follow my instincts versus what I thought I should be doing or what I was supposed to be doing those external expectations are so strong and hard to shake and um, I really have been challenged with letting my analytical brain come in and override what I knew to be true for myself um 
And so often it was based on those external expectations of what I thought I should be doing or what someone else thought I should be doing or how I was supposed to be. So allowing those external expectations to control our choices, we really put ourselves in a box and I was the master at this. Um, But that box can really suffocate who you are and it can convolute the messages that your body's sending to you, make it really hard to interpret and to listen and to live in alignment with what you need and with what you want Um, and with your true purpose, really, you know, I mean, this goes really deep. So, um, Instead of honoring those things, we end up focusing on what we should be doing or who we're supposed to be at the expense of being who we are and living in sync with our individual truth. And like I said before, I was the master of letting my analytical brain come in and interfere with my life and that initial inner wisdom that... I was aware of, but then I would let my brain come in and kind of take over. So when I think back, I see so clearly the toll it's taken and all the unnecessary stress that it has caused in my life. And not that that never happens. I've just practiced and gotten a lot better at not letting it happen so much. Um, When I think about this and I think about my story I really think about when I started my, one of the big things that comes up anyway is when I started my career as an occupational therapist. I had just finished graduate school and although I knew from the very beginning that I was drawn to more alternative, complementary therapies, holistic wellness, I think the process of going through school, within that process I really convinced myself that I needed to practice conventional OT for a period of time and get those skills before I went on to um, practicing in the way that I knew was in alignment with my beliefs, my values, and my interest. Um, So when I think about that, what was really happening is that I was afraid. I was afraid to start my own business. I was a new graduate, so that might not have been Um, that seemed really big to me and I wanted experience with other OTs so that was one thing but I was also afraid to go into a an area of OT that was less um, supported I think by the community and um, it was just more an alternative practice that I wanted to have so I spent about four or five years doing work that wasn't fulfilling my soul And I jumped around kind of from, you know, I did multiple things. I was in pediatrics. I was in hand therapy. I worked in skilled nursing. I did all these different things. And finally, I, um, when I had my first son, I took some time off work. And I said to myself, I'm not going back until I find something that I'm drawn to. And when I went back um, to work, finally, it was because I found something that was in alignment with what I wanted. So it took me that long, four or five years, I worked in in areas, and it wasn't all bad. I learned a ton, and you know, I was trying things out, and sometimes you have to do that too. But I think the lesson for me in this is, and hopefully a lesson for some of you out there, is that um, it can take a really long time to honor that, and 
in hindsight, I wish I just went straight into finding something that was in alignment with me. I would have become much more skilled in that area earlier on. I would have felt more confident and just being interested. I just know my path would have been a lot easier because that's where my interest was. I wouldn't have had as much jumping around. Um, I learned something from all of it. I do believe that everything happens in our lives. There's a purpose for it and... Um, so not to say that was wasted time by any means, but just an interesting lesson that in hindsight, I, knowing what I know now, I would do that differently. And for some people, it takes a lot more than four or five years. It can take a lifetime, and I really don't want that to be you. So that's why I'm putting this out there today is um, just to say that how strong and how powerful that inner feeling and that those gut instincts can be how guiding they can be in our life if that's something you're looking for um so another thing I want to say about that is there was a lot of fear in my decisions and I think there's a lot of fear in a lot of decisions and trust trusting yourself trust in general is the opposite of fear so learning to trust yourself decreases the level of fear in your life it brings so much more clarity and can simplify the thousands of decisions that we have to make as adults each week you know there are little decisions of course there's the bigger decisions that we put more into um but when you learn to trust yourself and you become familiar with that feeling inside of you you um can really count on that to decrease the stress around all the deciding that we have to do and I can speak from experience that, of course, no practice is perfect. I still remind myself all the time to check in and use this tool. Um, and the our analytical brain is strong and powerful, and it can really come in, and the external expectations are real, and they're hard to shake off. Um, but with practice, I know for myself and with my clients, I see that um, that we can get so much better at not only acknowledging but really listening to and trusting your gut instincts and letting that knowledge of what you know you need and you want play such a crucial role in your um, daily decisions and what you want in your in your life, what direction you want to go, what foods are serving you well. Um, of course, we still need analysis and logic to make good choices, to come up with a plan and to set those goals that are achievable for us. But the essence of our goals, the direction in life, the food and the lifestyle choices that we make, it can really help us heal when those things are in alignment with our body, our heart, and with really what's in our soul. And as we each learn to live in alignment with our individual truth and follow the incredible wind wisdom that's in our heart and souls. Um, we can open up to a new way of making decisions, a new way of being, a new way of showing up in the world. We can really step into our power and our true purpose in the world. Um, so these practices are powerful. They've been really helpful for me. I hope that they're helpful for you as well. Um, these practices they guide us on our healing journey but they also help to decrease stress in our life in a major way making decisions is one of the most stressful things that we have to do um you know we decide so many different things on so many different levels in such great 
frequency. There's so many in decisions that we make throughout our day, some of them that we don't even tune into to um, the fact that we're having to make them. Um, but these practices and the clarity that comes from it and the ease that comes from it or increased ease at least can really decrease stress in your life in a major way. And um, healing your gut is really dependent on not only the food choices that we make and you know figuring out what's serving us well and what's not serving us well with food, but stress is a huge player with healing your gut and really your overall health as well. Um, one way that stress impacts the gut is via the vagus nerve, which is a major highway between the gut and the brain. Um, so it connects the two and when that nerve is stimulated, it turns on your parasympathetic nervous system, which allows you to rest and digest and to come out of the all too common in our society, that heightened state of fight or flight where we're just constantly in a high state of arousal, on guard, you know, not able to be present, not able to be in our bodies. It puts us way more into like our, our brain needs to be sharp because we think that there's a danger of some sort. You know, we feel threatened when we're in that state. Um, so dysfunction and poor communication along that nerve really impacts our ability to digest our food, to relax, to enjoy, to be present. Um, And that's just one way that stress impacts the gut. But there's so many other ways, you know, with the bacteria in the gut and different ways that it impacts your gut health, which in turn impacts so many other things in the body, including your immune system, your hormone system, um, your mental health, and so, so much more. But I'll save that for another time. Um... I just wanted to be sure to mention how much stress impacts your health because in my practice, although I'm focusing on gut healing, I focus a lot on stress management. That has been one of my primary focuses because it's such an important piece in really any healing journey, but especially in gut healing. Um, So now I would love to take you through a practice of and just kind of explain how to do this you can either pause the the podcast and practice it as we go or just kind of take the information and give it a try later I invite you to to try it at some point and see how it goes for you but this is a practice that's really learned really helped me to learn um, what yes feels like in my body and what no feels like So it's a practice of embodiment and becoming familiar with the sensations of each of those, of um, recognizing with clarity when your body is saying, yes, I want that, and recognizing with clarity when your body is really contracting and saying no. Um, So I'll walk you through how to do it. And let's start with um, first. So there's, there's, I think, four steps to this. So I think I laid out four steps, the fifth one being just to practice it. Um, But first, I want you to think of something that you absolutely know that you want. And after you think of that thing, say it out loud. So without a doubt, you want this thing. So don't let it be something that is like you feel a little wishy-washy about or like even if you're like, "Eh, I don't know what I want for lunch. Think of something like, for example, I want chocolate. For me, that's pretty much always true, but right now I would love to have some chocolate. So say it out loud. 
And then after you say it, notice what you feel in your body. Notice if there are any sensations, um, if there's a particular location, what it feels like, if there's any quality to it, whether it's expansive or contractive. Um, And then I encourage you to write it down because when you write it down, you're going to remember so much more clearly. Write it down in as much detail as possible. Describe the feeling. Describe the location. Describe any quality that you notice that is attached to that feeling. And then the next thing to practice would be to think of something that you know you don't want. Absolutely, without a doubt, you don't want eggs for lunch or absolutely without a doubt you don't want to go out in the rain Um, again say it out loud and notice how you feel and then write it down and describe it in as much detail as possible and then the third step is to practice these things for a little while so I want you to practice things that you know you want and things that you know you don't want so I guess probably what would be best is to if you want to do the first couple steps with the podcast go ahead Um, and then the third thing would be to kind of utilize that tool a little bit you know what do you want for breakfast in the morning if you know you want oatmeal say that Um, you can always say the opposite of it as well like I don't want oatmeal and feel that um in your body and start practicing with kind of simple little things in your life versus jumping into something big. And then unless it's something that you really know you want and then go for it. Um, And then when you're ready, the fourth step is to think of something you've been contemplating but aren't quite sure about. So with this one, again, say it out loud, notice how you feel and write it down. Describe it in as much detail as you possibly can. And then go back and think about, read your notes from what it felt like when something was a yes. So first notice the feeling and get your own observations of this individual one. And then you can go back and you can kind of think about how you felt when you said yes, how you felt when you said no, and then see if you can let that guide or play a role in your decision of this thing that you're not quite sure whether you want I don't know if I want eggs or not for breakfast so then you'd say I want eggs for breakfast (laughs) Um, or I'm not quite sure if I want to go on that weekend trip and so you say it and then and then see and see how that is for you to include that in your decision making for that thing that you're unsure about Um, And then the fifth step is just to practice, 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 practice. Because I think that um, the more you practice, I know that the more you practice, you the more familiar you'll become with what that yes feels like and what that nose feels like and what really a truth feels like in your body when there is something that you are just so drawn to and so in alignment with. That'll be even stronger than a yes or a no. That's just going to be like a pull. There'll be... um, Yeah, almost something magnetic about it when it's a strong, strong truth in your body. So one more tip I want to throw out there is that you often will feel an expansive, or most people, it can be different for everyone, so you really need to learn what it feels like for you as an individual. Um, But 
typically when it's a yes, there'll be an expansive quality of some sort to it. And when it's a no, you'll feel a contractive quality. And some people feel this in their gut, their brain, their heart. So you could feel it in your big toe. The rest will be completely individual. Um, but that might be something that's helpful just to know that that it may feel expansive or contractive depending So the next piece to this is that as you begin to feel in your body what you want and what you need, then you have to make a choice whether to listen. Now you have this new information and um, this doesn't happen just automatically, you know, just acknowledging it will increase the likelihood that you will um, use that information in some way. But as you practice and continue to use the information you gather, you can use it to make the best decision for you. And it'll become easier with practice and with time to to do that as well, not just the acknowledging part, but the listening. Um, and you can really begin to live in sync with your truth, your wants, and your needs. And you know things will become more clear with less effort as time goes on. Um, so during this phase, as important as your analytical brain is and that logic is, it definitely serves a purpose in so many areas of our lives for planning and organizing and, and um, setting goals and all these things that our analytical brain is so is important for. Really try to not let it take over and override your truth. So those two things can all work together but there is a fine line between letting the analytical brain come in and make the decision for you in in something that goes against your truth or against your yes versus um, just as something we use as a planning tool to stay in alignment with that truth or with that thing we've decided is so right for us. Um, Yeah, and this is the part that... I struggled with for years was that piece of I knew what I wanted but letting my brain come in so first you want to identify your truth you want to figure out what's right for you and then use that in your choice and don't let your analytical brain override it so you may have noticed I'm really big on writing things down but here's one more little tip before we go Um, when you make a choice acknowledge that initial reaction to it and notice the feeling that you get right away does it have the same expansive quality as wanting that chocolate or whatever it was for you or does it have more of a contractive quality to it um and write it down write it down so you can remember it label it put whatever qualifiers you can on there so you can come back to it especially if it's an important decision um you can come back and see what your initial reaction is and then that might help you sort out your brain. It helps me anyway to sort my brain out and kind of keep my analytical brain in check. So this has been awesome. I'm so excited to um, share this information with you and I'm so excited to um, for you to be here with me today. Um, yeah, thanks so much for being here and listening as I talk about trusting yourself. Um, This is something I feel really passionate about, as you can probably tell that it's really important. It's something I wish that they taught as a skill set in kindergarten and first grade and in middle school. Oh, in middle school, how valuable that would be. Um, 
So I think that's it for me today. But if you'd like to hear more from me about how to regain your energy, hear your digestive challenges, stress less, enjoy your life more, um, be sure to subscribe to my podcast. You can subscribe on pretty much any of the big podcast platforms. Um, just go to leahvong.com. It's L-E-A-H, V as in Victor, O-N-G, dot com forward slash podcast. Um, at the bottom of that page, I have links to a lot of great free information. Um, and there's a lot of other free information on my website as well. I've got freebies. I've got, you can subscribe to my email list as well. That's at um, leahvong.com slash join or sign up for one of the freebies and that will get you on my email list also. Um, and you can find me on Instagram as well for um, just inspiration and some tips and um, different things on there as well at Leah Vong Wellness. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to the next time. And until then, enjoy and live well. All right. Bye for now.